This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Uh, joining us now on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline covers the Browns for the Chronicle Telegram and brownzone.com. He is Mr. Scott Petrak. Hello, Scott. Fellas, what's going on? Hey, uh, hey. Before we get to the good stuff, let me, let me just get this one out of the way. How in the world is this team very good at scoring on its opening possession and then just disappearing? Opening possession, touchdown, second possession, field goal, and then eight straight possessions without scoring. What, what's going on there? What makes them so good, and what's happening afterwards? Yeah, I think part of it is how much they practice that opening script. It's not just the plays in the opening script, right, because – they go back to some of those plays. Um, you know, Kevin Stefanski has a long list of plays that he could use. I've heard people say, well, why don't they script them all? Well, I mean, he's got an idea of what he's going to call all game. But one of the issues or one of the parts of it is they really practice that opening script. So everybody gets comfortable with it. And the more you practice it, the better you are executing it. And, but you can only practice so many plays during the week. So you can't, you know, I know they practice all of them during the week, but Let's say they practice the first 15 five times and they practice number 50 one time. Um, I think there's going to be difference in the execution level. And yesterday, I think Tampa Bay's defense had a lot to do with it. Um, that's, they have a good front. They have a good secondary. But it has been a trend throughout the year. I just think yesterday was um, as bad as we've seen it because they, I mean, they went from like 222 in the first quarter to 32 seconds left in the fourth quarter uh, without doing anything. So part of that script, part of its execution, right? I mean, the Amari Cooper drop cost them points. Cade York missing a field goal cost them points. Um, but the overall point is correct, that the offense went to a deep funk for a long time yesterday. Yeah, and their their pressure on Jacoby also picked up there, too. I mean, they had that little run of sacks there. You're like, oh, man, we're going the wrong way in this thing. But it, it, it's just so weird how – you know, a couple plays can kind of turn an entire season. I'm just – what was it like in the locker room yesterday after the game? Because I'm imagining that finally, you know, you guys could crack a smile. It's been a while. Yeah, I think there was certainly relief, right? I mean, they lost six or seven games, two straight coming off the bye. Um, so, yeah, there was relief. There was optimism. You know, there's guys on this team and guys that are leaders and that talk a lot who have refused to accept the fact – or accept the premise – that this season might be a lost one. You know, Miles Garrett's one of those guys who keeps saying, hey, we got a chance. We got a chance. David Njoku um, gets offended when you act like um, this season might be lost, right? Which it certainly felt that way 
to three and seven, and four and seven just feels a little better, right? They probably still have to run the table, which is a huge long shot. Um, but they are defiant um, when when it comes up the fact that you know, hey, maybe this is a lost season, and the chances to reach the playoffs aren't there. So there was some of that in the locker room yesterday. There was the weird kind of confluence of Jacoby Brissett, the happiness for his for him getting a win in his last start and then looking forward to the return of Deshaun Watson and what he can do for this offense in this team. And, and you're right, Andy, when you talk about just a couple of plays making a difference. But if Njoku doesn't make that catch, they lose, they're 3-8, and eight, and everyone looks at everything completely differently. Uh, but you make a catch, you win a game in overtime, and things change. And that's just how it is in the NFL. And the Browns haven't made enough of those critical plays at critical moments enough this year. Scott Petrak joining us, brownzone.com, where you can read all of Scott's work. I, I know most teams in the NFL can say this, Scott, and it doesn't help anybody feel any better. The weird thing about this season to me is how inconsistent this team has been. And some, like yesterday, played a really good football game. You know, there, there were issues, sure. But a pretty good all-around football game. I, I liked it. They They've played some other games that were really pretty good. And then they've had a couple of absolute stinkers and a couple that got away and everything else. Is that a is is that something that we should chalk up to, hey, it's just the NFL, or hey, the players aren't that good, or hey, the coaching staff isn't getting the most out of this team? Or do we just accept it as reality? Well, I don't think you need to accept it as reality, Jeff. I think it is part of the NFL, but it's part of the NFL for the teams that aren't the best teams. And I think if you look at you know, the teams that win a bunch of games, they are consistent, at least consistent on a much higher level than the Browns have been. So I would not just say, oh, that happens. I think you have to figure out ways to improve that, and you have to address it. Now, I don't have a great answer for whether that's falls more on coaching or more on – the players, because I do think it's, and I know people hate to hear this, but I do think it's a combination of both. I think there's been weaknesses shown from a coaching standpoint throughout the season, but also from a player and execution standpoint throughout the season. Um, you know, are you getting the same preparation level from players, you know, away from the building week in, week out? And I don't think you can say you are when players continue to bring that up. <laughs> when Josh. When Jai Johnson III makes a point of that, um, you question, okay, are these guys doing everything they can to be prepared? Now, that's different than effort on the field. I think that's been there all season. But, you know, is there maybe the dedication level that's necessary? And all those things get questioned when you don't meet expectations. Uh, but I think that is part of the reason for inconsistency is it feels like the energy, and Jadavion Clowney said it after the game yesterday. He goes, I felt the energy was really good before the game. And we heard that after the Cincinnati game, but then why isn't it the same, right? So, again, that falls back on consistency, which has been missing. You're 100% right. A lot of times that seems like youth, too. Like, the inconsistency normally sometimes – I'm just – that's my opinion. I'm just – when we see stuff like that. I, I, Scott, I'm just curious your take on the – what Kevin Stefanski said after the game about not going for two in regulation. And I said to Jeff, I go, man, that's the first time I've really, like – listen to Kevin, be honest about his own play calling and not sound like a robot that's tied to analytics on every play. I was, I was happy about it that he said why he didn't go for two. What'd you, what was your take on that? Yeah, it was certainly an honest moment. There's no doubt about that. 
and, and I think there, he gave some insight into the thinking of a head coach and especially a play caller. Because you have to love that two-point call. Yeah. And we saw it with Jacksonville goes for too late and beats Baltimore. And the same thing with uh, the Chargers went for too late and beat Arizona. And both those coaches, I, I was listening to their press conferences, both of them said they like the play call, right? So right. if you have one you love, then I think you're much more comfortable calling it. But for whatever reason, if you have doubts, and whether it was when they draw them up during the week or something Tampa Bay did during the game that said, hey, man, it just – we don't love this play, and if some, we can see it getting blown up, and then we lose, right, because you're down one with 32 seconds left. So uh, I thought it was good of Kevin, and I think it was obviously turned out the right way because they win the game. Right. Um, but I appreciate that thought process because I think that makes all the sense in the world. If, you don't, if you're not comfortable, then keep playing. And the other half of that is your defense is playing really well. True. Right? It forced – We'll wind up by the end of the game forcing six punts and an unsuccessful Hail Mary in Tampa Bay's last seven possessions. And as bad as this defense has been throughout the year, you know, if they let up three more points in that game, the Browns don't win. But they were able to get stop after stop after stop, and that proved huge, and I think that played a big role as well in Kevin's decision not to go for two. Scott, I'm curious to see what this offense looks like with Deshaun Watson, a quarterback, instead of Jacoby Brissett. And I'm wondering, is that an advantage? Because I'm I'm guessing the Houston Texans are wondering what it looks like, and the Bengals will then have just one game worth of tape to go take a look at. I, I wonder if the Browns get a little competitive advantage here with uh, six games to go. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. And, you know, I keep thinking about the rest of the season, you know, not to get too far ahead of it, but you think, okay, well, yeah, the Browns, you know, they beat Cincinnati before. But things will be different with Deshaun Watson, right? There is an added element that he brings, and it was brought up multiple times in the locker room yesterday. JOK mentioned, like, turbo offense that they can run. Wyatt Teller said, hey, if teams want to put eight in the box, good luck. And to me, that was kind of the most telling thing, is as well as Jacoby Brissett played and as well as this offense performed with his backup quarterback for 11 games, teams could put – defenses could put eight guys in the box and say, throw it, and the Browns, you know, they had some success doing it, but it wasn't like they made the defense pay over and over and over again because you have your backup quarterback because you still want to run the ball. That changes with Deshaun Watson because he will make teams pay. Then if you play soft, you can run the ball or he can run it. You can go RPOs. There's just so many different things you can do with them. So I think just from a base level, the offense expands. And then to your point, You're right. I don't think defenses will know exactly what to expect, and I think it will be phased in, which means just, you know, they'll show some stuff against Houston, but not everything. So Cincinnati will be met with surprises as well, because I think you can continue to add to everything that Deshaun Watson can do, because he's that kind of dual threat quarterback. I'm anxious to see it. Scott, thanks, buddy. We appreciate your time. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Scott. Scott Petrak, brownzone.com. Brownzone.com, where you can read all of Scott's work. He does a great job of covering the Browns for the Chronicle Telegram. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.